The following Pharma Essentia podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only and cannot be considered as medical advice. Please speak to a healthcare professional before making any treatment decisions. Hello and welcome to the PV Pod, Stories from the Marrow, a podcast about polycythemia vera, produced by Believe Limited and Bloodstream Media and brought to you by Pharma Essentia. If you're new to the show, whether you're a patient, a caregiver, a doctor, an advocate, or just a curious listener, welcome. You've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kay Vermeil, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Josh Bragg. Hey, Josh. Hey, Kay. And welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the PV Pod, Stories from the Marrow, a podcast about polycythemia vera. Brought to you by Pharma Essentia. Thanks, Pharma Essentia. You said it so perfectly just then, and I'm still learning. It's polycythemia vera. Or PV, if that's easier. It is. So, wait, so you do not have PV? No, I do not. Okay, neither do I. I know. (laughs) But hopefully this puts us in a position that maybe some of our listeners found themselves in kind of recently. Hearing about PV for the first time, feeling overwhelmed or intimidated by what they read online, and having a lot of questions. I mean, like, a lot of questions. So where do people in this position go to get answers to a lot of questions? I'd probably turn to the internet. Well, if you've ever searched for an illness online before, you probably know that's kind of a bad idea. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've had many a stomach issue that the internet swears are ulcers. And how many ulcers have you actually had? Not very many. Like, zero, actually. Right. So instead of searching the internet, we're going to travel around a little bit. We'll visit some hospitals and clinics. What about patients? I would go to some patient homes. Yeah, we'll go there, too. And along the way, we'll talk to caregivers, doctors, experts, advocates, and of course, patients themselves, to get a really comprehensive overview of PV from every angle. That sounds like a much better way to do this. Yep. So now, I know you, but our listeners don't know you, so I think we should introduce ourselves before jumping in. I'm Kay, and I am not a scientist, nor a doctor. And I'm Josh, and I'm not a scientist, and I'm definitely not a doctor. No, we're sort of investigators, searching for an answer to many of the questions you might have about PV. I will be talking to the experts. And I will be talking to Kay with the hopes of simplifying some of the hard-to-understand parts because everybody takes in information differently. And I definitely need a little extra help when it comes to scientific and medical lingo. So that's us. And without further ado... I have a question. Already? It's kind of a big one. Go on. What exactly is PV? So polycythemia vera is a myeloproliferative neoplasm. Who is this guy? This is the voice of Dr. Bose. He's a faculty member of the leukemia faculty at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. And he's an expert in diseases where the bone marrow makes too many cells, or myeloproliferative neoplasms. Great. Got it. No more questions. Keep listening. It is uh, basically an overproduction of red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. In fact, polycythemia means literally elevation of all the blood blood cells, right? So so it's not just red blood cells, as uh, sometimes is the notion. It is white cells, platelets as well. 
uh, and also, you know, so every now and then you hear this notion that it's not a cancer. I think it's important to also sort of be forthright about that, uh, that it actually is. PV is obviously rather niche, so I asked Dr. Bose how he got interested in it in the first place. I was looking to do chronic leukemias because, you know, these are diseases where not only are they intellectually stimulating in terms of all the science and the drugs and the biology and everything, but also, you know, you get to develop these longitudinal relationships with patients a bit better with the chronic leukemias than in the acutes. And, you know, I, I'd always been interested in myeloproliferative neoplasms, a very intriguing set of diseases. Okay, so why does the myelo, the, the myelopro, the, the overproduction of blood cells, why is that happening? Almost always, this is because of an activating mutation in the gene JAK2 or Janus kinase 2. So 99% of patients with polycythemia vera will have an activating mutation in JAK2, uh, 95% of them being the common V617F, and then another 4% being what we call exon 12 mutations. Again, that's probably getting a little bit technical. This is getting pretty technical. Is there maybe a simpler way of thinking about it? All he's saying here is that the marrow, which is pumping out the blood, is in total overdrive. It's overactive. Essentially, uh, the marrow is in overdrive because there is this constitutively active kinase. So kinase is an enzyme. This genus kinase is a very ubiquitous enzyme with a particularly important role in blood cell production. So think of it as being overactive and just going, going, going. Oh, like the bunny. I don't think that's a relevant cultural reference anymore. Whatever. The cells are being overproduced continuously because of that. And uh, what you see in the bone marrow is that you see a hypercellular bone marrow. So the uh, number of cells as opposed to fatty tissue, etc., is increased. So you have a relative excess of the cells over the stromal fatty tissue, etc. So you see all these classic signs uh, to, to varying degrees. You can see a little bit of marrow scarring or fibrosis as well. And that leads to not only high blood counts, but also a variety of symptoms. These patients can have a large spleen. They can have discomfort from that. And then they can have a whole slew of symptoms like, you know, itching classically after a hot shower, um, you know, night sweats. There's a whole plethora of MPN symptoms that you can you can see. So it's a genetic mutation that impacts blood cell production. Exactly. And why does someone get PV? Is it inherited? It is generally a spontaneous mutation. It has uh, recently been learned that this mutation can be acquired very early in life even in utero. Which means before birth. So even before birth, uh, and certainly in childhood, they can be acquired and then take decades until the disease manifests. But I'm, I'm still wondering, can it be inherited? So what can happen is not that the mutation per se is inherited, but that people can inherit a tendency to acquire the mutation. There's a lot of work going on in this area, and we're learning more and more, uh, you know, genetic susceptibilities to develop the, the mutation and then go on to develop an MPN. 
but most of the time it's acquired and like I said, it can be acquired much earlier than the disease itself shows up. So you're not inheriting polycythemia vera directly, but if one of your parents has it, you might have a genetic disposition towards experiencing the genetic mutation, which then leads to PV. Okay, I think I got it. Good. So I have to ask, I mean, it's cancer, but there are all kinds of cancer. And I think the big question is, how serious is this diagnosis? So PV is a relatively serious diagnosis, but obviously it's all sort of relative to the context and what what else you're comparing it to. It certainly is um, associated with a much better survival than most cancers. People who are diagnosed with PV are often told it's the good cancer, but that really diminishes and dismisses their symptoms and experiences living with PV. A big concern with these patients is that they can develop blood clots. And a blood clot can be a relatively minor one, or it could be something life-threatening, such as a heart attack or a, or a stroke or a pulmonary embolism. There is some mortality from PV. You know, median survival in PV has been reported to be in the range of 14 to 19 years. And it's possible that the uh, median survival is actually better than that because it's, it may not be from diagnosis. But that's generally what's out there. Um, However, there's been some contemporary studies that have actually shown that the mortality uh, in PV patients can actually be higher than we think. So Dr. Bose is saying PV isn't rapid. Right. Just to reiterate, the median survival is in the range of 14 to 19 years. But PV can cause blood clots. Which can range from minor clots to more serious life-threatening ones. Okay. Well, why does PV cause blood clots exactly? So patients with PV have too many blood cells, right? Sure. That can cause your blood to thicken, kind of like syrup, making it difficult to flow through the body. Oh, okay, I got it. Now, like any other cancer, there's a lot of risk stratification. So certainly that range I just gave you does not apply to every patient. You need to look at the uh, specifics of each individual case and sort of fine-tune that prognosis. But uh, it is a disease with, uh, which, has, which does reduce one's life expectancy, and that is generally through one of the more serious clots, as well as progression of the disease to myelofibrosis. Which is a disruption of the normal production of blood cells by the bone marrow which can be overproduction or underproduction. As well as transformation to acute myeloid leukemia. So all of these uh, actually can happen. And not to uh, even mention the symptoms. PV patients do have a lot of symptoms. Fatigue is the biggest one. They could have itching. I mentioned this earlier, particularly after a hot shower. They could have night sweats, weight loss, uh, bone pain. I mean, a whole variety of symptoms can accompany this diagnosis as well. Some of the symptoms of PV, as well as of other MPNs, can be quite uh, varied, diverse, so that patients may not make the connection between their diagnosis and the symptoms. So, you know, trouble concentrating, insomnia, sexual problems. I mean, this sort of stuff, you know, patients may not necessarily related to their PV. So the data is a little bit, you know, heterogeneous and hard to compare study to study. 
But I think I, I think what's important to note is that yes, it's a chronic disease. Yes, you live many years with it, but it does transform. It does progress. It it can cause clots, which can be life threatening. We're going to hear more from Dr. Bose after this quick break. So you're learning about PV on the PV Pod Stories from the Marrow. Now get ready to take the next steps on your PV journey with What's Next PV, an educational site on everything polycythemia vera. Knowing what's next can help inform the decisions you and your doctor make about the future and is important to your health. What's Next PV can help you understand test results, set goals for the management of your PV, and make a plan to advocate for yourself. Check out www.pvbonemarrow.com to learn more. Dr. Bose was just telling us that the clots and the progression of the cancer can actually be really serious. So treatment is available? Yes. Great. What does it look like? With treatment, you will be trying to bring the level of all your blood cell types to normal levels, which will reduce the risk of clots. But more specifically, treatment may look different if you're a high-risk or a low-risk patient. We uh, uh, classify PV patients as being high-risk or low-risk, and that is actually a surprisingly simple classification that has sort of stood the test of time and hasn't uh, really changed much. A high-risk patient is a patient that is either over the age of 60 or has had a blood clot or both. And a low-risk patient is someone who's under the age of 60 and has not had a blood clot. So it's really as simple as that. Although, you know, there are always nuances. For example, the white blood cell count, it's become increasingly obvious that the white blood cell count can be a bad actor if it's elevated. There are studies linking a high white blood cell count to the risk of thrombosis as well as the risk of evolution to myelofibrosis and AML. So those things are there. But the way we break down this disease is low risk or high risk, like I just said, and that's how uh, consensus guidelines are written as well. So when you see a low-risk patient, the traditional paradigm that we've all followed has been that these are, you know, low-risk for thrombosis. And let me explain again or reiterate that when I use the term risk, I'm talking about risk for thrombosis. I'm not meaning risk of death or, you know, risk of really anything else. We're talking about thrombosis. So one should, as soon as the diagnosis is made, it is important to risk stratify, see if the patient is low risk or high risk for thrombosis or or clotting and manage accordingly. So what is that? Thrombosis? That's when blood clots block your blood vessels in your veins and arteries. The goals of treatment are currently, although this is evolving, but I would say currently the goals still are uh, minimizing or preventing, reducing the risk of thrombosis. So that kind of, uh, I guess, is a nice segue from what we were just discussing. So, you know, the immediate goal, short-term goal, is to minimize that risk of clotting. And I have to say that most of the drugs we have today, that is really what they do best. We don't, let's say, in a conclusive manner, have a lot of evidence that we are able to 
reduce the progression to myelofibrosis or transformation to AML. That would be wonderful. And there is work in that direction and, uh, you know, some encouraging signs. But today I would say that our therapies are predominantly directed at reducing the risk of clotting or thrombosis rather than uh, preventing those long-term outcomes. That's not to separate the two. It is certainly possible that this that one drug may do both, but I'm just trying to say that the evidence we have is much, much stronger in terms of controlling blood counts and therefore uh, reducing the risk of thrombosis. So, wait, is there no way to slow down the disease? A lot of patients are asking about that. There was a survey called the Landmark Survey, the MPN Landmark Survey, where physicians and patients were surveyed for their goals and overwhelmingly, patients want to, you know, do whatever they can to slow down uh, the progression of the disease, if not reverse it, right? Of course, all those things should be explored. But again, just to be practical, currently, the paradigm of treating PV is still mostly to reduce the risk of clotting. But there's a lot of efforts underway to come up with what is called disease-modifying drugs you know, drugs that can actually make a difference to the underlying biology and hopefully, you know, slow down, prevent, reduce, delay those those uh, long-term adverse outcomes. So they're working on it. And that sounds like a great reason to seek treatment as soon as you find out, right? You should begin treatment immediately. I mean, this is, after all, a malignancy. It is a malignancy. There's no question about it. It certainly is a more indolent one, uh, relatively speaking, but it, it is, after all, a malignancy driven by a mutation, as we just discussed. And uh, it can have certain serious long-term and short-term consequences, right? So uh, we, we were talking about the clots, and that's the biggest short-term risk that patients face. Uh, progression to myelofibrosis or transformation to AML take longer, as you might imagine. Those take longer, but uh, the uh, blood clots are an immediate uh, risk. He said in the long term it could progress to, and then it was some word I didn't recognize. Myelofibrosis and AML. Which are what? Which are different types of leukemia. Just to give you a flavor for this, you know, PV can cause something called Butt-Chiari syndrome or hepatic vein thrombosis, which can even lead to liver failure. So depending on the location of the clot, it can actually be serious. Now, granted, that's a minority of patients, but it, it certainly, you know, you could have cerebral vein thrombosis. So a BV can certainly, uh, you know, lead to some serious uh, sequelae. Whew, man, this is a lot to take in. Like I said at the beginning, it can be really overwhelming and intimidating. But I do think Dr. Bose gave us a great overview to start us off on this journey. You really did. I hope you thanked him. Thank you so much, Dr. Bose. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Look at that. You did it. I did it. <laughs> so now we know that PV or poly... Polycythemia vera. I got this one. Polycythemia vera is a cancer caused by a genetic mutation that makes you produce too many blood cells, which thickens your blood, kind of like syrup, and can cause blood to not flow right in the body. Which can cause blood clots that might increase your risk for heart attack or stroke. You're a great listener, Josh. Thanks. All I can think about now is what it would be like to get this diagnosis. 
like sitting across from the doctor you just met probably and he's telling you about a cancer you've never heard of probably and yeah it would be really hard to not just whip out webmd and be like how am i going to live with this and what is a phlebotomy anyway you don't have to imagine it no why is that we have a real story coming next month because next time we're talking to patient and advocate Nick Napolitano. He has some great insight on what it was like to receive a polycythemia vera diagnosis and what it's like living with PV. You know, I, I was I was confused, I think is the first word that comes to mind. I was scared, um, obviously. It was just confusion and just, I didn't know how I got it. I didn't know why I got it. I didn't know what it was. A couple of days before we also found out um, that we were expecting Jake, our second child, immediately went to how long am I going to live um, and, and thinking that I didn't have much time left and just playing life's memories, right? Like skipping ahead to, you know, graduations and weddings and um, just all the life's moments um, that, and I was absent from those life, life's moments. And so that really took a toll on me, I would say, in that first year, especially. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, Nick has a really powerful story that I'm very excited to share with you guys. And I'm really excited to hear it. Next time. Next time on... The PV Podcast. Yeah, I was going to say that part. The PV Pod, Stories from the Marrow, is produced by Believe Limited and Bloodstream Media and made possible thanks to our sponsor, Pharma Essentia. The PV Pod is hosted by me, Kay Vermeil, and my co-host, Josh Bragg. If you like the show, please share it with anyone for whom it might make a difference and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'll see you next time.